You should have. Never mind. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to tonight's edition of Bible News Radio. We're going to take a minute here to listen to some of Andrew Peterson. And do me a favor, would you? Would you share this out, like on your platform, wherever that is? Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Yeah, you do. And then we're going to talk about some of the headlines of this week in the Christian world. And we're going to look at the Bible. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it is. Worthy, right? This is from Revelation. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone Hi, Stephen. Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the same. by the way, who is worthy. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? Yeah, he does. He does. And is Jesus our Messiah? Oh, forever those he loves. Yeah, he does. Does our God intend to dwell again? Take a minute to think about that. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave, he is David's root. Every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom and priest to God, the name of the Son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? 
Is this church? <laughs> uh, yeah, just so you know, it is. Uh, so anyway, hey, I, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Glad you're here. Tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to look at some headlines. Uh, yeah, we are. We're going to look at headlines, people. And in particular, we're going to look at some of the headlines this week that impacted, or we could say that were kind of um, hmm, popular in the Christian world. All right. And, um, and so before we do that, I want to make sure that I get over here and do that right there. I want to welcome everybody on the replay, by the way. I know there's a lot of you that tune into the replay. You can't tune in during our regular time, whatever form you're, you know, whatever platform you're on. Um, thanks. And by the way, do me a favor. If you don't mind, email me at, uh, stacyharp at gmail.com and tell me where you're listening to the show. Randall and I are actually trying to determine a new place to put our show. Uh, Periscope is going to be ending at the end of this month, um, <laughs> which it may as well because they don't let anybody see what we do. Um, but, but anyway, if you would let me know where you're listening, that will actually help me because I'm trying to make a couple of uh, big decisions and a lot of them have to do with money and and where we're going to invest you know the money to you know put out with the show so so if you do that that would help so stacyharp at gmail.com it's my name with no e anywhere s-t-a-c-y-h-a-r-p is in peter at gmail.com all righty and pretty soon, I don't know when, but in a few weeks, we'll have a brand new website up. Uh, we will uh, have a place for you to be able to um, watch the show there because we're going to try. We're trying to bring people back to our platform instead of all over the place. So just keep an eye out on BibleNewsRadio.com. Uh, as well, because we're gonna have a brand new website up there. Uh, we got brand, we got rebranded, kind of, sorta. You can kind of see that right there. Yeah, you like that? Okay. And uh, anyway, our new site's gonna be simple. It'll be easy for you to do that. We're gonna have our uh, Bible studies up there. We're gonna have um, some encouraging stuff that you can get involved in on there. And um, God has really, he's, he's given me a. A kind of a new vision and so you know I'm excited but there's only me and Randall and mostly me that does everything around here when it comes to this true story it's so yeah so like one little baby step at a time that's what we're doing uh and all that so uh in the meantime you can follow us on Facebook at Bible News Radio on Twitter at Bible News Radio you can follow me on my personal page Stacey Lynn on Facebook um you you know and there is a text message list that you can join if you text Bible News to 33222. You can get on my, my, my text message list. That's actually where I want you because that's where I, I communicate with everybody. And then we also have a Daily Disciples Facebook group, which is really kind of the heart of what we do. That Inside my Daily Disciples Facebook group, 
We have a team of believers every day who are reading God's word twice a day in there. And we have read together. We're working on our ninth book in the Bible, right? Right now we're working through first Samuel. It'll be the ninth book that we read together as a family. And, um, and, and I can tell you, I wish I could tell you who everybody is, but one of the things I can tell you is that if you, um, don't know that God's word changes lives, I can tell you it does because I have testimonies from practically everybody in there who's been reading. If you text, uh, three, three, two, 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 put the term Bible news to three, three, two, two, two. So, so two threes and three twos. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on the bottom there, Stephen. If you look, if you wait for it to scroll through, it will go through too. Double three, triple two. Yeah. All right. So do that and, um, and be encouraged. Be encouraged. Now look, the, the whole purpose of my show here is to encourage you and equip you to do the work that God has called you to. And you know what? The number one job of the believer is to make disciples. That is first and foremost uh, what Randall, his passion and my passion is it always has been, it always will be. But I'll tell you what, it is a challenging thing to do in a culture that's rife with dissension. And so tonight, you know, um, you know, I come to you with caution. There's a good word. <laughs> I come to you with caution because in my younger years as a broadcaster, I would have taken tonight's topic and I would have been all over railing against everybody involved. I'm just telling you the truth. That that was me. I was a little bit of a hothead, a little bit zealous, you know. Uh, kind of like, you know, <sighs> a little bit intolerant of people that didn't have a different, you know, who had a different view than me. Um, but you know, this is my 17th year of broadcasting. I've gotten a little bit older, hopefully just a little bit wiser. Um, and so tonight what we're going to do is we're just going to try to be objective and look at what we're talking about. And you know, the number one story I will tell you in the history of my show broadcasting I will tell you that in the top two shows I have ever done talking about are Beth Moore and the Pope. <laughs> okay. I actually had uh, a guy who worked with the Pope on my show because he was, he worked with Mother Teresa and that episode of our show is number one because the Vatican posted it somewhere. I don't know where they posted it, but that episode got tens of thousands of views. <laughs> My past episodes, I don't care what episode it is with Beth Moore in the head title, has gotten the next probably amount of, of views. And there's a good reason, because Beth Moore is a highly respected Bible teacher and she's been around for many years and she's been endorsed by many people. Uh, and she's got well over a million people that follow her close to a million followers on Twitter alone. And, um, you know, she has partnered with Lifeway, 
uh, Christian publishers for a very long time. In fact, I will tell you that many years ago, I was attending a church that went through Beth Moore's Daniel Bible study, and I wasn't able to be a part of it. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to Lifeway. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the study myself. And it was a hundred bucks. It's a hundred bucks for the DVD set. And I remember talking to the person at Lifeway and, um, and I was on the phone and I said, you know, I'm doing this with me and a friend. I don't have a hundred bucks to study on, to, to spend on this Bible study. Is there any way you can help me out here? And they sold it to me at a discount. I don't remember what the discount is, but what I can say is that Beth Moore is a massive cash cow for Lifeway. Now, this isn't to say that other big name believers in Christianity aren't also cash cows. You know what? I'm just going to be flat out blunt. Uh, the Christian media publishing world is by and large owned by unbelievers, which is why there is so much heresy published and promoted through the Christian platform. And I will tell you, way back in um, 2005, when Randall and I launched this show, uh, one of my very first partners was Crossway Publishers up there in Illinois. And I will tell you, my very first guest was Dr. Frank Turek, who wrote the book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an, to be an Atheist, right? And back then, the publishers, they would send me 10, 15 copies, sometimes 20 copies of a book to give away to, re to, give away to reviewers. And I mean, I could call a publisher. I had a list of publishers. I could call them up anytime I wanted to say, hey, I host this show. Can you send me review copies? They'd be in the mail the next day. I would get them in a couple of days and I gave them out to all my listeners. That is gone. That model is gone. Unless you're on massive big radio, you, you don't get any of that anymore because the Christian media world is completely saturated. And here's the other thing. That, that has happened is that the all the the old standbys of who has been in Christian media, they're all dying. They're all dying, right? I mean, 20 years has almost gone by since I've started doing this show. So in 20 years, a lot of the big, big, big names in Christian media have died. And so now we, we have now what I would classify as probably more a... Um, emergent church, more progressive, liberal Christianity, if you will, that that is really more popular among everybody. And um, unfortunately, you know, <laughs> Christian media is not like it used to be. In the in the beginning of Christian media, it used to be pastors' sermons, right? And now it's a lot of garbage. Okay, just saying. Now, Beth Moore, many years ago, uh, when she came to light, and, and I'm sharing my experience with, with her stuff, um, because I've never met her. I've never had her on my show. I have never asked for her to be on my show. I've never wanted her on my show. I have had some of her colleagues request to come on my show, and when I tried to book them on my show, I got the runaround. I will not drop the name, but it's a pretty big name. Okay, so I will say that. I will also say that in recent years, uh, other broadcasters in the so-called discernment ministries 
have gone after Beth Moore and have attacked her, I think, very unfairly. Um, I think that um, I think that Beth Moore has actually been vilified by a lot of people, unfortunately, in the Christian world. Um, and I think that the the name of Jesus attached to the criticism has just been a, a shame to his name because I don't I don't see that there was a whole lot of love in how certain broadcasters have done this. Now, on the other hand, what I will also say is that there are people who have raised legitimate theological concerns with Beth Moore's evolving theology, if you will. And um, to the point, though, of saying she's a heretic, uh, of saying that, you know, she, you know, isn't worthy. Even John MacArthur, who I've lost complete respect for, uh, I used to really appreciate him. But a couple years ago, he was at a, one of his shepherding conventions, and he, he basically more or less cursed Beth Moore from the platform and told her to go away, go home which I think is completely inappropriate, extremely rude and immature coming from a man of that stature um, in, in the church. And this is why I get royally ticked off when it comes to the whole idea of Christian celebrity, which is, and this is why I am very thankful that I have no desire to become one. And, and I know some people see me as one, as little as this platform is, I've been kind of, you know, certain people. But what I will tell you is I know so much crap that has happened behind the scenes with the Christian right, different people in the Christian right. And then I look at this stuff, I study this stuff, and I'm like, you know, <clears throat> it, it's no wonder that the church often has a bad name. Right. And we're all guilty. I mean, none of us are perfect Christians. If you can show me a perfect actual believer, please do. Because the only one that I know is Christ himself. And he died. And he, uh, you know, they didn't like him very much because of the fact he was very perfect. The thing with Beth Moore that, you know, that has really fried a lot of people, though. And I'm just making this concise. I'm not even going to bother reading the article, but I'm going to tell you about the article. If you go over to julieroys.com, you can throw that up, Randall, if you want. The, over on Julie's site, and she's come on my show. I love Julie. I appreciate her a lot. I think she's doing good work. Uh, I think she's dealing with a lot of unnecessary immaturity from certain segments of the Christian leadership world. Um, and it doesn't mean I agree with everything Julie does either, because I don't. But what I will say is that I chose rather than to send you to the Christian Compost website to show, to send you over here to Julie's site to read her article. Okay, it's not written by her; it's written by uh, one of her contributors. But the title of the article is Beth Te "Bible Teacher Beth Moore Splitting with Lifeway Says I'm No Longer a Southern Baptist." Okay. Why is this important? I tell you why it's important because when Beth Moore first got her uh, start, um, she was kind of like the newcomer on the block. Okay, um, prior to Beth, there were other female Bible teachers out there, like Kay Arthur from Precept Ministries, um, and you know, there, and and some other ones that you probably wouldn't even know because they're so old, right? Beth came on the scene. 
somehow Lifeway came into the picture. Eventually, somebody got the brilliant idea of starting to put women's Bible studies on DVD. And instead of having a woman in the church lead the Bible study in that church, all of a sudden, the church was inundated with these Bible studies on DVD. And so women would come to the church together in a women's Bible study. They'd pop in a DVD of Beth Moore and everybody would sit there and watch it. So if anybody had a legit question, they couldn't ask the teacher, right? Even though there's facilitators, it's different. And I personally think that was a huge mistake, but it was marketing genius, because you got to understand, marketing genius is what pushes the Christian stuff out to the Christian community. And frankly, I think this is part of the reason we have the disjointed body of Christ that we do. Because we don't have the mentoring, we don't have the discipleship, unless you are actually trying to go and find it. So Beth Moore, though, is she's a charismatic, beautiful woman. She is somebody who's loud and boisterous. She turns off a lot of people because of that. I mean, I, I remember a church I went to in California. Some new believers came in, and it was Beth Moore on the DVD. They were my guest. I, I'll never forget it because this friend of mine said, Oh, my gosh, I, I was yelled at for the whole hour. All she did was yell at us. And I was like, uh, Yeah, I know, huh? A little bit flamboyant, huh? <laughs> But I will say Beth has a couple of trademarks, right? A couple of the trademarks I recall is that she would get down on her knees and pray rather flamboyantly, I think. Sincerely, though, I think. I can't judge her heart. Um, she would um, welcome uh, unity in the body of all different denominations, even though she was part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I will tell you right now, I actually attend the Southern Baptist Church and I don't agree with the Southern Baptist Convention because frankly, I think right now the leadership in the Southern Baptist Convention is going liberal. And I think that they're being, um, I think they, I frankly, I think there's some progressive leadership in it and I, and I don't agree with it. I don't identify, I don't walk around going, oh, I'm a Baptist. No, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm not, I don't, I don't care about denominations, never have, never will. But Beth, that's how she started. And she would teach these big Bible studies locally there in Texas. And people from all over would come and they would, um, they would come to them. Well, a couple of years into this, she got involved with James Robeson Ministries. And I don't know if any of you know who that is, uh, but he has a TV show called, I think it's called Life Today. And he is very well known for uh, feeding the poor and all that. And some people think he leans toward the word of faith movement, which I personally believe is unbiblical. But I remember, I, I just remember this so vividly. Uh, she, she was given a platform on his show to do a Wednesday Bible study. And I, I recall this so clearly because I remember thinking to myself, God, please don't let her go down the route of apostasy. Please don't let that happen. I remember her saying on his show many years ago, you know, I'm so humbled. I never asked for this. Um, I can't believe I get to do this. And so every Wednesday they had her come into the studio and she would, she would teach a little gathering of women who were in the studio uh, whatever Bible thing she was teaching at the time. Um, and then, as often happens, she started to boldly step out 
and began to say things that started to ruffle feathers. And other broadcasters began to call her an apostate, a heretic, and she's this and she's that. And Randall and I have listened to the things that she did. And we've done a number of shows on her, essentially defending her, because you can take anything out of context. And so we got to be really careful when we're talking about a fellow believer, because we can't judge a heart. I mean, let, let's look, let's, uh, you know, should I throw out Robbie Zacharias's name? All right. So here's the thing, a couple of things about what's been going on with her. So last year, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened and there has been a lot of sexual abuse, uh, clergy abuse, different things that have come to, to light within the Baptist and the Christian church as a whole, right? Well, Beth Moore is a survivor. I don't like it when people who've been sexually, sexually abused say that they're a victim. I hate that. She's a survivor of sexual abuse as I am. And she is a woman leader with a lot of influence. And she decided that she was going to start talking and speaking out and saying, hey, enough is enough. We're, we're basically sick and tired of the patriarchy in this organization, this convention, whatever. We're sick and tired of the good old boy club hiding these perpetrators and letting them get away with it. And I will tell you, many years ago, I interviewed a woman who headed up a website called Stop Baptist Predators. And I believe the website's still active. I don't know if it's updated. But the whole point of that website was to point out that it's not just the Catholic Church that has predators within it. The Baptist Church does too. Every church does. My friend Voyle Glover, who's an attorney, actually wrote a book. He's one of my, I love him. He's one of my former guests and he's a friend of mine. But, you know, he wrote a book on how churches are supposed to help protect people from sexual abuse. And what I will tell you is that me personally, the, when I was a child, when I was 14 years old, I went to a pastor first at a church and said, hey, I'm being abused sexually by one of my relatives, can you guys help me? And there was nothing. They did not one thing to help me as a kid. So what I'm going to tell you is that Beth, her um, outspokenness on this issue, I think is valid. Now, whether or not you agree with some of the theological things that she's done and, you know, all that other stuff, that's not the point of this. And, and really, I think the core of why she's done what she's done is because, frankly, she's sick and tired of the hypocrisy within church leadership, especially male leadership. And she's had it. She's in her 60s. She's had it. She's done playing games, you know. And you know what? I personally don't blame her at all. I don't. Now, there are other issues that have come up that have been raised as a result. And, you know, one of the big topics um, of today is can women be pastors, right? Is it biblical for a woman to be a senior pastor of a church and to preach? Now, I disagree with some of my friends on this topic. But what I will tell you is that I, I don't think so. I personally don't think so. I think if you read God's word in the context in which it's written, I don't think a woman should have that position at all. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm not a husband of one wife, so that disqualifies me right there. But 
What I will say is that I do think there is a place for women to teach. And I do think that there is a place for women to um, mentor and to, and to disciple. I think God gives gifts to, to all of us. We all have our gifts. You know, it's just how we use them, where we use them, um, you know, and all that. But at the same time, I will also say that the same people who decry women being able to preach and be a senior pastor, they're also the same people who will bless a woman going out on the mission field and opening up some ministry to go out minister to some place where they frankly don't want to minister. So I think God blesses, um, I, you know, I do think God blesses. In fact, this morning I was reading, and I, and I wanted to bring this up because I think this is interesting. I was reading in Second Samuel this morning, just finished the book, and um, there was a really interesting um, section in here. I want to see if I can find it. Um, yeah, here in chapter uh, 20, uh, we we have this section where, I'm trying to see it here, where there was this r revolt, right? And, and Joab, he was, he was trying to get some counsel. And I think this is interesting. Um, it says here, beginning in verse uh, 14, I'll just begin there. It says that Sheba passed through all the tribes of Israel to Abel and Beth Maka. All the uh, Bethrites came together and followed him. Joab's troops came and besieged Sheba and Abel of Beth Maka, or however you say that. They built a siege ramp against the outer wall of the city while all the troops with Joab were battering the wall to make it collapse a wise woman called out from the city listen listen uh, please tell joab to come here and let me speak with him when he had come near her the woman asked are you joab and and he said he replied i am listen to the words of your servant she said to him and he answered i'm listening and she said in the past they used to say, seek counsel and able, and that's how they settled disputes. I am one of the peaceful and faithful in Israel, but you're trying to destroy a city that is like a mother in Israel. Why would you devour the Lord's inheritance? Joab protested, never. I would never devour or demolish. Uh, that is not the case. There is a man named Sheba, son of um, Bishri from the hill country of Ephraim who has rebelled against King David. Deliver this one man and I will withdraw from the city. The woman replied to Joab, watch, his head will be thrown over the wall to you. Can you imagine that? I mean, <laughs> that's just, can you imagine? I can't even imagine. Anyway, it says here, um, the woman went to all the people with her wise counsel and they cut off the head of Sheba, son of Bishri, and threw it to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn and they dispersed from the city, each to his own tent. Anyway, it goes on to say that. Anyway, my point is that you had a wise woman given some counsel here. And, you know, this, this does not happen in a vacuum. And, you know, when you're looking at the body of Christ, here's the other thing I got to tell you. And I, I just have to tell you that if you haven't read Second Samuel in a while, this is a rocking book. You just got to read this book. Um, one of the things, though, that at the end of the book, um, 
we see in uh, chapter 23 of 2 Samuel, um, and I'm trying to calm down because I'm really excited right here, because um, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, we we see this uh, this story of the warriors that David had, the exploits of David warriors. And as I was thinking about this show, I was thinking about this because I was thinking, you know, we all know, well, not everybody knows who Beth Moore is, but most people who are in tune to the Christian world know who she is, right? We all know who, you know, a whole lot of Christian celebrities are. We know who all these people are and what they do, what they stand for, their books, you know, blah, 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 blah. But we don't know the people who are not as popular, who are doing really the harder work, right? God has his people everywhere. And what I can tell you is that the, the little world that I'm in, uh, what I'm seeing is a whole lot of warriors who are doing God's work faithfully. They're not making millions of dollars. They're doing it with their heart. They're doing it with humility. They're doing it because they just want to be obedient to Jesus. And um, so when I was reading this chapter, uh, it begins this way. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it. Beginning in verse 8, it says here, uh, These are the names of David's warriors. Uh, Joshab, Bath, whatever. Anyway. Bath. Yeah. Uh, was the chief of the officers. He wielded his, 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 he wielded his spear against 800 men that he killed at one time. Now I'm reading that. I'm like, wow, this guy killed 800 guys at one time. After him, Eleazar, son of Dodo, son of the Ahohite, or however you say that, was, I'm going to butcher the name, so just ignore how I say it, okay, was among the three warriors with David when they defied the Philistines. The men of Israel retreated in the place they had gathered for battle, but Eleazar stood his ground and attacked the Philistines until his hand was tired and stuck to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day when the troops came back to him, but only to plunder the dead. After him was Shema, son of Agi, the Herorite, the Philistines had assembled in formation where there was a field full of lentils. The troops fled from the Philistines, but Shema took his stand in the middle of the field, defended it, and struck down the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Three of the 30 leading warriors went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam while a company of Philistines was camping in the valley of Ref. Of Ref Rephaim, what he said. Rephaim. Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold and a Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David was extremely thirsty. And listen to this, okay? This is why I love David. I have fallen in love with David. <laughs> just, just so you know, I totally wish I could meet David in person. Because after reading these two books, I'm just like, I love him. Okay, <laughs> I just love David. Okay, so it says here, David was extremely thirsty and said, If only someone would bring me water to drink from the well of the city gate of Bethlehem. 
Now, keep in mind, David here, he's the king. He's the king of Israel. So he can do whatever he wants. He can boss whoever, whoever he wants around. And so he makes this request. And it says here, so three of the warriors broke down or broke through the Philistine camp and drew water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem. They brought it back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out to the Lord. Uh, David said, Lord, I would never do such a thing. Is this not the blood of men who risked their lives? He refused to drink it. Such were the exploits of the three warriors. Uh, and then Abbe Shia or something, Joab's brother and son of Zeruiah <laughs> was leader of the three. And that's why I'm reading this to you because I want you to see this. It says the three, the three is capitalized here. It says he wielded his, his spear against 300 men and killed them, gaining a reputation among the three. Was he not more honored than the three? He became their commander, even though he did not become one of the three. Benaniah, son of uh, Jehodiah, was the son of a brave man from Kabzeel, a man of many exploits. Benaniah killed two sons of Ariel of Moab, and he went down into a pit on a snowy day, and he killed a lion. That had to be cool to watch. Uh, He also killed an Egyptian. Yeah, I thought about Moses around here. An impressive man, even though the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaniah went down to him with a club, snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand, and then killed him with his own spear. These were the exploits of Benaniah, son of Jehodiah, who had a reputation among the three warriors. He was the most honored of the 30, but he did not become one of the three. David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Among the 30 were Joab's brother, Ashel, uh, and, and then he gives a whole bunch of names. I'm not going to read because I'm not going to say I'm right, but I think you got the point. So why do I share this? This is so cool. That's why I share it because this is so cool. Okay, so I share this though because if we were to take, um, and maybe this is a, not the application that you would take, but what I what I will say is if you were to take King David and make him today's modern Christian celebrity, you know, <laughs> in the Christian media world, you wouldn't have these guys I just mentioned, you know, you wouldn't have Joab Ministries or whatever. You know what I mean? You, you wouldn't have, you, you wouldn't know that these are the guys behind the scenes, Right. They're out there doing all these exploits. They're doing great stuff for God. And personally, I actually wish that we knew more about these people because I think it would be super cool to meet these guys. Uh, these were warriors, but there were three. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to want to be part of the three? You know, we could do this This is David, you know, the, the Chronicles of David and the three. <laughs> I see this video, you know. Um, why do I say that? Because there's a lot more going on in the Christian media world and in the Christian world than Beth Moore. There is a heck of a lot more going on in the Christian world than John MacArthur. There is a ton going on in the Christian media world besides the scandals with Robbie Zacharias, Dave Ramsey, and so on and so on and so on. The, the thing is that 
Satan has done a wonderful job of bringing the crap that's happening in the Christian world to the forefront. So you go over to the Christian Compost website and all you see is this dissension and this crap being posted back and forth all over the place. You, you're not seeing the real gut of what's going on in the body of Christ. You're not seeing the old women, and, I, and I'm not meaning that in a mean way at all, but it's usually old women. You're not seeing the old women who go to that prayer meeting every week. You know, you're not seeing the underground church in China that's risking their life in the underground church in Korea. You're not seeing the martyrs in Africa or Nigeria. You're, you're not learning about the persecuted church. You're not seeing the great exploits that God is doing in the midst of even our little God time together group, right? You're not seeing that because the devil don't want you to see it. He wants you to look at this crap, right? And my encouragement is to stop it. Stop it. It's not good for you spiritually. It does nothing to edify the body of Christ at all. It does everything to divide it, in fact. And what really gets me is that it's so prevalent and pervasive in the church that I personally think it's a stench in God's nostrils. You know, I mean, the Bible talks about offering up a fragrant offering to the Lord. I don't think there's anything fragrant at all when we're looking at this stuff. Now, look, I will say as an exhorter, that's my gift, um, whether I like it or not, <laughs> which kind of I don't at times. Uh, you know, as an exhorter, when, one of the things I'll say is that, look, yes, we have to call out false teaching. We, we call out false teachers. We, we expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness because that's what we're supposed to do. But we have to do it in a loving way. And we really have to do it tempered with a lot of grace. Because I'm going to tell you something. We can all fall at any time. And if we're so prideful and boastful and we're, we're thinking that, you know, we're so great that we can't fall, then you're already deceived because you can. You can totally fall. That's why we need accountability in the body of Christ. That's why we need uh, transparency in the body of Christ. That's why we need to be in fellowship locally in the body of Christ, as well as wherever you can find fellowship. That's, that's biblical, right? And our job isn't to, you know, isn't to, you know, go, hey, I'm of Beth Moore. Hey, I'm of John MacArthur, <laughs> you know. That isn't our job. Paul warned us in, in, in 1 Corinthians, I believe it was, to, you know, some people were saying, hey, I'm, I'm of Paul, I'm of Cephas, you know. And, you know, no, we're not. We're of Jesus. That's who we're supposed to be following. We're supposed to have fixed our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter and finisher of our, of our faith, right? For the joy set before him, that was us. He endured the cross. There's nobody else that endured a cross for you and bore the shame that is associated with that. You know, in fact, I would add that the stuff that we're talking about and all that brings shame. That's part of the shame Jesus bore. You know, I, I would hope that we would be wise people and and like go. Mm -mm. And this is actually part of the reason why I love David. I've been, you know, I... 
I just have been reading a lot about David a lot. And I, you know, I always heard stuff about David and, and, um, you know, but the, the end part of second Samuel is really moving. He gives this whole song and I was reading through it this morning. I was telling my group, um, I was reading through it and, and I saw, I saw it with different eyes because I had read through the story of his life. I kind of understand, you know, when God says that David was a man after God's own heart, was David perfect? No. But you know what? David loved his enemies. He had a heart for his children, even though those kids wanted to kill him. He was on the receiving end of compassion and forgiveness, even though he should have died under the law. God showed mercy to him. And he had this heart that was that try he wanted to do the right thing he 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 was compelled and he was turned toward the lord you know even in the end of the book he's given this option he's given three options of of basic you know punishment and he basically says you know whatever the lord wills basically <laughs> and and then god did the thing but he interceded he interceded on behalf of israel um, and some of the, the stuff that befell Israel, it was because of his sin, but also come because of the sin of the people there, you know, and he inquired of the Lord. So my question is, are you inquiring of the Lord? You know, and let me ask you this. If you are somebody who is so inclined to get caught up in the gossip and the sensationalism of this, is that something that maybe you need to deal with in your heart? Maybe. You know, because it's a fleshly thing. You look at the fruit of the flesh and what pulls us. You know, is there maybe something in there that you delight in that? I mean, do you, do, let me ask you this. Do you delight in watching the dissension in the body? Do you delight in seeing a woman basically fight to defend her voice? And I'm not saying I agree with Beth Moore and everything because I don't by any stretch. But what I will say is she's been unfairly attacked in many ways. And I would also agree that there's probably some of the men on the other side who've also been unfairly attacked as well. Nobody's perfect. We don't know the full backstory. You know what I mean? So we have to be, as God said, as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And our job is to protect the flock, not to devour it. Some of you might be going, well, you know, but aren't these people wolves? I don't know. I think a wolf is pretty clear. Um, and I think in some, I think sometimes a wounded sheep is mistaken as a wolf. You know? I mean, I've sat behind this microphone, not this one in particular, but, you know, I've done this for 17 years. And what I can tell you is I've been vilified. I've had men of God attack me. I've had vile names spewed at me from brothers in the faith. And why? A lot of it, frankly, is because I'm a woman. You know, I've been told countless times, oh, shut your face. You know, you're a woman. Put a rag over your head. You know, keep your mouth shut. You're supposed to submit to your husband, blah, blah. All this stuff, right? And I'm like, uh, okay, well, I'm not in the church right now. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know, 
And I don't take it personally, but what I will say, and any of you out there who are honest, I, you know, you probably agree with me when I say this, and that is that it hurts more to be attacked by a fellow believer than it does somebody who's unsaved. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I've had the gay activist community after me for years. They can call me everything they want. I don't really care. It doesn't bug me. But when I have somebody who, you know, who's a, a sister, and I've had that happen too a couple of times, you know, who've come to me and said, oh, I thought you were you were part of the discerning crowd and, you know, you had so-and-so on your show, which shows that you're a false teacher. I had that happen. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? You're calling me a false teacher because I dared to have somebody on the show that you didn't agree with? Do you not know that I study apologetics, cults? Uh, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. I don't just sit here behind a microphone without preparation and yet, where is the fruit? Where Where is the proof that I'm a false teacher, but that I associated, I put somebody up that you didn't like, so all of a sudden I'm given the right foot of fellowship? I mean, come on. It hurts. You know, it hurts when the body beats each other up. And we should not be doing that. You know, that is the most stupid thing ever. <laughs> And that's why, frankly, in many ways, I left the, I left the church for at least a decade. I, I refused to step foot back into church. And I will tell you, my parents, they were both excommunicated from a church because of a divorce. It was the Catholic church. But I, I will say that, you know, God goes after that sheep, right? He, he goes and he, he finds those sheep and he brings them back and he brings healing to them. But you know what? It can be, uh, that sheep can be kicking and screaming and, you know, literally screeching the whole time that shepherd is trying to get them back. And I'll tell you what, if you've ever been around a wounded animal um, and tried to integrate that animal back into a situation to trust a person, sometimes it takes a long time. And it's the same way with people. You never know what somebody's gone through. And I will add this extra added layer because I'm on a roll. I will say this. Sexual abuse is one of the most vile, wicked violations of a human that Satan has ever perpetrated on, huma on humanity. And when it's done under God's name, it's even that more hellish. Because that person has to deal not only with the God image, but they still have to deal with everything that comes with that. And being a survivor of that, I'm going to tell you, it is one of the hardest things to overcome. You know, the physical pain or whatever, that's gone in a minute. But the stuff that happens in your head, how you're brainwashed, how you're tricked, how you're controlled by another human, this is something that God never intended. And he never blesses that. And so you got that added layer that a person has to deal with. Plus, then you have the serpent coming in and with the area of um, homosexuality in the body, you know, basically saying, hey, we can't deal with this. So we're going to just accept it in the body because don't you know, that's what real love is. And that isn't love. So the deceptive tentacles are everywhere. And so you you don't know who's gone through what. I, I, I was in a church um, probably 20 years ago and being a therapist 
people just tell me stuff. I, you know, it just happens. Even if people didn't know I'm a therapist, they, they tell me stuff. And I remember one morning I was at church and this woman come up to me and she says to me, can I talk to you a minute? And this was a woman probably, oh, I'm going to say 20, 30 years older than me. She was quite, you know, she was considerably older than me. She said, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. And, and she said, I want you to know that last night, my husband and I, um, we watched pornography and I really didn't want to do it, but I really don't know how to deal with it. And then she went on and explained to me some of this stuff in her marriage. Now I didn't ask to know this, <laughs> but I remember thinking to myself, looking at this woman, there was no way, no way I would have ever thought she was a porn watcher. Right. And I don't know what led up to that. But what I can say is that there's a lot of woundedness there that for whatever reason, they brought that into their marriage. Now, when you try to deal with sexual sin in any way, you got to be super careful because you're walking around. You're you're we're surrounded in a sensual sexual society that glorifies this without consequence. The reality is, though, there are a ton of consequences. In fact, sexual sin is one of the only sins listed in Scripture that there is a penalty in your body if you exercise it. Right? And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing. So when I look at Beth Moore, one of the things I think about Beth Moore is that is that she she carries with her that abuse, just like Joyce Meyer. I am not a fan of Joyce Meyer at all. I can't stand Joyce Meyer, in fact. Not a fan, not a fan, not a fan at all. And part of the reason I'm not a fan, it was she, first of all, it's not my style, but it's because she carries all that abuse with her and makes that the priority in her ministry as opposed to the redemption, sanctification, glorification, and healing that can come through Christ and his word. There's very little emphasis on the word there. You know, and I'm going to tell you something. There's very little emphasis on God's word, period, in the church. Um, and I'm not making that up. And I'm not happy to say it because it's sad. And ever since I've been a Christian, it's been, it's, I remember the first time I went to a Bible study at the church I went to, I was part of a youth group. I just got saved. I was devouring the Bible in my quiet time, in my own time together. I go to youth group hoping to get a Bible study and they're playing the ungame. I'm like, what the heck is the ungame? This, what's this have to do with anything? And I remember an activity where they took grapes, they put them in, there was this game where there were grapes. They, they put them in a plastic bag on the foot. You know, you picked up the, the grapes with your foot that was covered in a plastic bag and you hobbled over and put them in your friend's mouth. And I'm like, what the heck does this have to do with God? It was so disturbed me because I'm like a young believer wanting to be in fellowship with the word of God and other people. And there, and, and there was nothing. There wasn't. You multiply that by a couple of generations now, and this is the state of the church that you got. You know, you got wounded people who have embraced psychology in the church. They're not healthy. Believe me, Beth Moore is not healthy. 
Okay. I'm just going to flat out say that. That's one thing. She is not an emotionally healthy, healthy woman. Forgive me for saying it. That's my opinion based on my observation of her public personality. Anyway, she's not emotionally healthy and neither is Joyce Meyer, which is why they got a ton of women following them because you got a ton of unhealthy women following these people. And then they're ranting and raving about their feminism and they're doing this and they're doing that. And you know what? <laughs> Jesus is not in there. He's like, where, where is he? Where is he in there? Right? So we, we have to be really careful. There's a lot of wounded sheep that I believe are saved, but they're not healed. <laughs> not yet anyway. So, um, you know, so, so be very careful about all of that. And I'm sorry, I feel like I'm giving you a lecture, but it's just, it's, it's my observation based on my knowledge and what I see. So that's my thought. Okay. And I should probably look at some comments if any came. It looks like Steve's been talking a lot. <laughs> Let's see what Steve's said. Uh, Steven, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Well, wow, there's lots of comments here. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, be able to do all this. But, um, yeah, okay. So, Steven says, J.D. Greer, president of the SBC, having a gay dance on, on his church stage is problematic. Yeah, you know, Stephen, I will tell you, I can't stand the leadership in the Southern Baptist Convention. I think that they are, um, I, I just, I, I think you and me agree. <laughs> on that i just i but i just the the, the solutions okay the one the one last thing i will say the other big thing in here with beth moore that is tied into all this is the whole thing with donald trump right and the fact that the christian right got behind got behind donald trump and supported him even though he has a very unsavory past let's just say that okay um, Randall and I, we weren't big fans of Trump. I think a lot of reasonable, reasonable people weren't, but to me, he was better than the alternative. Um, I think he was railroaded out personally. Um, and I am not a huge fan of the current administration at all because I think they're horrible people. Um, <laughs> and I will say that blow bluntly. I think they're very immoral, evil people. Um, but that's not where our focus is supposed to be. We're supposed to be praying for those people, right? And that is hard because it goes against everything in us. And yet, I will say, to Beth Moore's credit, I agree with her. Um, and I understand why she took the stance that she did with Donald Trump. Completely do. Because the Christian right is completely corrupt. And I know people all over the Christian right. And what I can tell you is that they, uh, years ago, I'll never forget this because I was talking to a guy that went to one of the Christian rights top secret events. I forgot what it's called, but, um, but anyway, and this guy's like, well, they're putting up Mitt Romney instead of Mike Huckabee for president. And I'm like, why are they putting up a Mormon who promoted homosexual marriage? Who's the grandfather or the father of homosexual marriage in America? Why are, why is the Christian right embracing that over Mike Huckabee, who is a Southern Baptist preacher? Never got an answer. And the Christian right did it and we lost. So there's nothing right about the Christian right. Just saying. 
But what I can also say is there's not a whole lot right with the Christian left. <laughs> Which is why we need to ignore them both, in my opinion. <laughs> and you need to open the Bible, put your head in the Bible, get your head filled up with the Word of God, and just do what God's called you to do instead of getting all involved in these stupid controversies that are, you know, messing with the body of Christ and, and just, you know, as Janet Parshall has said numerous times, it's like the the slings and arrows of outrageous criticism. And and um, what I will also say is that I'm not a huge fan of Janet Parshall either. She is one of the most two-faced people in the Christian right. And what I will tell you is that that's not popular e either. And she has a massively bad reputation with fellow broadcasters, producers, and anybody that works for her because she's one of the class A divas on the Christian right. But she gets away with a lot because her husband, Craig, is an attorney. And so she hides behind him in the law all the time. And that's the truth. And whether or not you like that or not, I don't care. But I've learned, I learned that the hard way. That's what I can tell you. So, uh, so I don't know, Randall, if you want to say anything, if we want to wrap this up now, or if we want to go another few minutes, but, uh, that is my rant, if you will. And I don't know, are there any comments on YouTube? Cause I can't, I, my page is not loading. Here. There were some. Okay. Um, it's really hard to see anything any, on any of these platforms. See, over on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it was just Angie saying that uh, she told us hello at the beginning. Then when he was talking about Moore, Beth Moore, she said, I'm glad she's never been on your show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Beth Moore would never come on my show. And uh, and Jerry, and I'm frozen again i don't know what it is just when we go to broadcast but yeah we'll keep my frozen face up there you're cute well and thank that frozen, you it's like... uh, and then jerry just uh commented occasionally over there on facebook okay but we do have another story in our headline that we should touch on anyway okay do you want to do you want to cover it i guess i could give me a break I talked for an hour. Um, <laughs> it was easy to do, but, you know, I, I feel like I should be quiet now. Well, uh, I'm not that familiar with the details, but I'll, okay. I can just share this article from the Christian Compost. That's the link that you sent me. <laughs> the Christian Post. By the, the way, I heard that from Janet Parshall. She's uh, the one that coined... The Christian compost right now, and I can tell you that Janet Parshall's gone off a little on the deep edge herself, in my opinion. But anyway, go That's, ahead. She referred to Washington compost, but no. yeah, I guess that's true too. Anyway, <laughs> but back to this uh, yeah story here. We lost a giant in Christian history. Five Christian leaders react to the death of Luis Palau, and. Um, Read here is that notable evangelist Luis Palau died on Thursday morning, yesterday, at age 86, following a years-long battle with stage four lung cancer. Native Argentina, Palau was known for his large outdoor revival gatherings, often rallying thousands of people in collaboration with local congregations. It's a mixture of sadness and joy that we share with you that Dad passed away early this morning. 
said his sons in an emailed statement explaining that Palau had died peacefully. This is hard news, but Louis Palau is experiencing the beauty of the Lord face to face. Love to you from the family. We'll share more news and updates in the days ahead. News of Palau's death brought many reactions from Christian leaders uh, and others. Here are five prominent faith leaders who shared their remembrances of late evangelist. And um, having trouble getting those comments, <laughs> but seeing as we're kind of late uh, into the, well, we're past the hour. And uh, let me put my frozen face back up. So we have something there of me instead of a disembodied voice. Um, you know, it's interesting. Louis Palau, I didn't have anything. I know the discernment crowd had things against him. And it's just another example of, you know, well, it's the seventh thing that makes the Lord's hate list that turns it to an abomination list. You know, those who sow discord among the brethren. And, and I'm, you know, I'm okay with calling out uh, flat out apostasy and, you know, danger to the body, like those described in Jude's epistle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some of these discernment things were stylistic things. And, you know, people that disagreed with their pet, um, their pet seminaries doctrine rather than something biblical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, what people like Joyce Meyer, Beth Moore, Joel Osteen, John MacArthur, Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, you know, I could go on. You know, what? What a lot of these people have in common is they have huge gullible followings. <laughs> they have wounded sheep followings, right? And people who are not willing, frankly, to do the work that it takes. You know, I mean, let me put on my clinical hat a minute. Okay. When I was a therapist and I practiced, um, I would say probably 10% of people that came in to see me for whatever their issue was actually did the work. And I'm being generous there with the 10%. Um, it takes a little bit of courage to deal with your stuff. And what happens is most people look outwardly and they want to blame other people they get involved in a codependent unhealthy relationship uh they they transfer i mean they 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 do whatever they can so that they don't have to deal with their stuff and those who do deal with their stuff they move forward they move on one of the things to me that's one of the saddest things it breaks my heart is that you have women, and I'm going to say mostly women because really the Christian media world and the Christian world really caters more to women than anybody, but you have, you have these women um, who have never matured. They've never grown up emotionally. They've, they have never grown up spiritually. They've never grown up emotionally and they've never grown up, period. 
I see it all the time. I can tell. It's a superpower. Yeah, it is. But I can literally tell probably within five minutes of talking to somebody if I will, if I want them in my life or if they're going to be close to me in any way, because I can tell by how they are if they've dealt with their crap. Because <laughs> we all got it, right? We all have our stuff. Um, and yes, some of us are more neurotic than others. And yes, even if you're slightly neurotic and you've dealt with your stuff, there is kind of a, a, a beloved quirkiness about people who have dealt with their stuff because they're, you can tell, right? Those are the people I want. You know what I mean? The people who are real, you know, like the Velveteen Rabbit, you know, the people that are honest with where they're at. They're not afraid to be vulnerable, but they have strong boundaries, right? Um, Right now, I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who, you know, I'm, I was like, the minute I heard them talk, I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> you know, I was just like, okay, oh, yeah, now you definitely need to be very careful because <laughs> this person is going to try to suck you dry. Yeah, they are. And um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, okay, you know, and... And I learned some tricks. I have some tricks up my sleeve that, you know, I deal with these people, but, uh, but you know, um, it, they don't really care about anybody else but themselves. And that's, that's what makes it dangerous. So you got narcissistic leaders and yes, Joyce Meyer, Beth Moore, they, they have classic narcissistic traits, but you have these leaders and you have the Christian world puffing them up. And then you got all these sheep, broken followers. And many people aren't even followed. They're not even Christians, really. Um, you know, it's like you got the blind leading the blind in many ways. That isn't going to get you anywhere. Except in a hole. <laughs> you're going you're like, to fall into a pit. I think, I even think Beth Moore wrote a book, something about that. Get me out of the pit or I fall into this pit or something. Whatever. I don't know. But, um... <laughs> You know, and, but, you know, a healthy person, you can say no to, and they're not going to cry. They're not going to throw a fit. They're not going to be passive aggressive behind your back. They're not going to, you know, they're, they're going to say, okay, I get it. You know, and let's say you get hurt. Somebody says no to you. You know what? Deal with it. Just say, you know, what? I feel hurt by that, but I understand. I get it. You know, I'm just disappointed that I can't be with you or whatever it is, you know, just deal with your feelings. Be real. You know, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen when you're real? You're not validated. Okay. That's the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is the other person doesn't validate it, doesn't validate you because they don't understand. And if they don't, that's not the type of person you want to be with. Okay, there you go. I mean, just write that in your notebook because that's, that's, that's how it is. You don't want to be around fake people. Bottom line, it's not worth it. Um, you want to be around people. And this is something, you know, I came out of a abusive relationship and I'm going to tell you something I made. I told Randall, I said, if I am ever in another relationship with anybody, I don't care who it is. And they're not building me up in my faith. They're not encouraging me in my walk with Jesus. They're not in God's word all the time around me. <laughs> Please hit me over the head or something. Cause I do not want to be in a relationship with that person. 
That person cannot be in my inner circle. They can't be close to me because they're not close to Jesus. They need to be close to Jesus for me to be close to them. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and I, that's an exclusive thing. If you're not close to Jesus in your relationship, you ain't getting close to me. Just so you know, that's my boundary. Um, and most of these people aren't. They're, they're, they're involved in their own little world of drama. And I think it's sad that women in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 50s are like so stuck in adolescent emotional stupid stuff behavior. I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> like, how old are you? How old are you again? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good life. See ya. I mean, that doesn't do anybody any good, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Let's see here. What are these? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a troll. Just ignore the trolls. That's all they are. Um, so yeah. And you know what? There, frankly, there's men that have drama too, right? There's men out there that have the same type of drama. If you look at addicts, addict, addictive behavior, you're going to see that too, which is why, frankly, in some ways, being friends with a recovered addict is one of the best things you can do. Because addicts that are recovered, who've done their work, they're real. They don't put up with BS, you know what I mean? And um, if they're believers, they understand the role of sanctification in their life. If they're not believers, then you have an opportunity to share Christ with them and show, show them the power of sanctification that will help them continually grow in their, their recovery, you know? Um, so, I mean, that might sound stupid to some of you. I don't think it does Steve, Stephen, but, um, nobody's perfect. We're all flawed, but you got to be careful. And, uh, yeah, so that's my two cents on that for what it's worth. Um, I'm not sure yet tomorrow if I'm going to do another show on witchcraft. I am doing a series on witchcraft in the church and, you know, how it is. Um, but I'm, I'm going to pray about what I'm going to do tomorrow because I'm not sure yet if I, if I'm feeling led to, to do another show on that yet. We'll see. Uh, so just watch tomorrow, watch the text message or whatever, uh, you get also. Okay. Uh, the last thing I want to say is thank you to any of you out there who donate to our show. We are a nonprofit. Got to tell you, you guys, um, uh, today I actually got a new ipad look at that huh there it is my brand new ipad the first computer new computer i've had in 10 years uh compliments of my dad uh dying and what inheritance i got from him and um it's well overdue <laughs> i will say and um you know so you're donating anyway i bring that up to to say if you like what we do Feel free to donate. We are a nonprofit. Oh, and the reason I showed that was because, I will tell you, because we're a nonprofit, I actually saved $400 in taxes because we're a nonprofit. How cool is that? I thought that was cool. Uh, so you can go donate over at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give. Anything you give is good. Um, you know, just know it goes to help us do what we're doing here. All right. So that is our show, people. So enjoy the outgoing video, and I will say, as I always say, be bold. Look, the way you're going to be bold is by being in the Word. 
stand up. And the only way you're going to be able to stand up is if you're in the word and go with God. And one way to do that is bring your Bible with you wherever you go, just so you know, because uh, he loves you. We'll talk to you soon.